All we do is crush a lot. Welcome back to Crush A Lot Podcast episode something, because I don't know when I'm going to drop this. This is your boy Cheese Caddy West, somewhere in the world, probably painting, saving the universe as always. We have a special guest on the show, Tim Moretto. Yes sir, yes sir, what's Yes up? sir, up and coming hip hop artist. Man, I, I, I reserved what I just said, because I was going to say Christian hip hop artist. But I had a big episode a few episodes ago with Show Barack, and he was like, "Nah, we don't like to be called that. We would like to be called just hip hop, like any other person." I mean, I don't really care either way. I mean, I'm gonna, I, I make the music that I make, and I am a Christian. I am an artist. I'm a rapper, so it if is that's what, what works. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't really. I, I don't really care that much. I mean, so we're gonna try it again. Welcome, Tim Barreto. Christian hip hop artist. It's good to have you. Uh, one of the things we try to do in the Question Lab podcast is go out there and see what people are doing. All types of people, not only in the mainstream or people up and coming, but people from the ground roots. And um, I saw your name come up a few times through social media and stuff like that. So let me go check this uh, person out. But I decided to take you out by actually going to your show. Yes. Um, and then a few months ago, you had a show over in Left Field. Yeah, Left Field, um, over in the Lower East Side on, on Ludlow Street. And I tend to just show up to these things and just and just stand and watch and and take notes. And I was just feeling your energy and feeling your vibe. So I thought you'd be a great person to come on the show. We do talk a lot about Christian hip hop here because that's obviously where I also have some of my. Um, Sensibilities mm-hmm. So And uh, The whole Christian hip hop Is great Yeah It's pretty awesome uh, Where are you In Christian hip hop In terms of like People that you listen to People that like Man I want to get To that level So um, Mostly And it's funny I don't listen to A ton of Christian hip hop That's probably a while, a while To say <laughs> But um, just Blasphemous because, just, Blasphemous Yeah I know right I get it, I get it all the time But um, Just cause Like Alright When Andy started Getting real big Andy um, Minio and yeah, when Andy Minio started getting oh my gosh, C-Light, yeah. C-Light, I remember that. C-Light, that uh, Sin is Whack tape was dope back in the day. We forgive you, kid. <laughs> but, uh, so when, when Andy started um, kind of blowing up, um, I guess because by default, because I, I had facial hair and I had glasses and I rapped a little fast, people were... Just the comparisons were like immediate. Like, oh, you sound like Andy Minio. There's people to this day that still call me Andy Minio, like as a nickname. And at, f- at first, I was just like, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's kind of funny. But then it started to bother me. Not anything against Andy because he's he's amazing. He's really talented. But just because, like for me as an artist, I I kind of started taking it personally for myself. It's like, yo, why? Something. There's got to be something to this because so many people keep telling me this. So. I just I I stopped you know listening to listening to his music you know as much as I was um, like whenever he drops something I'll give it a, a couple of listens but like it's, it, I, I won't put it on yeah. rotation just because like I don't want to fall into sounding like him or anyone else so it just so happens that that was the the comparison that I was getting regularly. Yeah, but, I would compare it to a conversation that I had with Ray Rock, um, one of the producers did some tracks for Andy and Social Club Mystery. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great man. And part of major reason for uh, why I am the way I am today as an artist. 
Shout out to you, Ray Shout Rock. Shout out to Ray Rock. Yeah, it was sad when he, I was sad when he went to Miami. That was when his last, his last farewell party, and he was a couple of people there. So he's just a great dude. So shout out to you. You're doing big things, and I know you're having a big year. Shout out to him and Social Club doing the yeah, Marty and Fern. I, I love that album, by the way. I think the point I was trying to make is a conversation with Ray Rock when we talk about how he produces and when he, you know, he sees his people that he makes beats for his clients. He said something similar where he doesn't listen to other anything else because he feels like he's taken away from making the best yeah. original content for his clients. So in a way, it's like I can feel like your energy, like the more exposure you have to music, the more it creeps to your influence and you want to kind of be exactly. as original as possible. Exactly. And like, there's things, I, there's definitely artists that influence me and I try to incorporate things from some of my favorite artists but just more so like aspects of how they do certain things like you know a certain cadence here or a certain you know flow from 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 this guy um but i the day that i start to hear oh you sound you sound exactly like this person you remind me of this person exactly that's when i start to pull away from from listening to that we person evaluate. yeah exactly that's when i was like okay maybe i'm maybe this maybe i'm listening to this person too much and i gotta pull yeah, so let's take it from the beginning. Yeah. When did you first discover hip hop? Where were you? What was that song? What was that record? Cause I know mine. Yeah. So I don't I don't necessarily have a certain like song or record that got me. So I grew up in a you know Puerto Rican Christian household and in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, well, a little bit in Brooklyn, a little bit in Queens. I've lived my entire life on one side of. Of, of one of the many borders between the two boroughs. Like, when I was born, I was, I was born in Cypress Hills. Then we moved over to like Woodhaven. Yep. But like the beginning of Woodhaven, that's still right close to, to Cypress Hills. Then we moved to Ridgewood, which border, borders on Bushwick. Then we moved back to Cypress Hills. <laughs> You're confused, man. So I've, I've spent most of my life and most of my time, just period, living and doing things in Brooklyn. But I've, I've been on them borders. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so growing up in a uh, Puerto Rican Christian household, and I mean to the you know point where like we were, I had two older sisters. I'm the only boy, and all we listened to was you know Boys to Men and Mariah Carey and Sick because that's what my sisters listened to. So that was the strength of the house, <laughs> and it was my my cousin Jonathan that introduced me to hip hop. And it was, I can't even really pinpoint a particular song. The, the one song that I remember hearing regularly on the radio and then elsewhere was Mo Money Mo Problems. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, so I guess, I guess you know, we can pick that uh, as the song because that's just the one that I remember the most. Um, and I remember, I remember loving Mace's uh, verse because it was yeah. just... It was the, the just the, the energy was so smooth, man. Who's high, who's not? Tell me who. Yeah, I felt like he never opened so his mouth. Exactly. Like the, oh, yeah, because it's just the, super mumbly. Super, yeah, the original mumble rapper was The original mumble rapper was Mason. Mace, Mason. That <laughs> <day>. <laughs> uh, when, when did it start uh, clicking in your head that you wanted to write and, and make music? Or was that like a fresh thing? So that started. Um, High school, a couple of my boys. So I was, you know, I was in. I went to uh, IS seventy seven junior high school. Um, but at, around that time, that's in Ridgewood, and we had like just moved 
back into Cypress Hill. So my parents just kept me in that school. And then when I started high school, I went, I was going to Van Ar Harry Van Arsdale in um, Williamsburg, before Williamsburg uh, got all nice and fancy. <laughs> so Willie Bird. Yeah, so now some of my boys that I got cool with in, in uh, eighth grade, they were they all went to Grover Cleveland. I eventually ended up going to Grover Cleveland. But um so we would still like link up after school, like I would make the trek all the way from Williamsburg back over towards Ridgewood where my boys lived. And um out of nowhere, like um my boy Vic, um he started like he just got real heavy into into hip hop. Um, I guess it probably happened like over the summer or something. But he started he started writing, and then my boy uh, my boy Edwidge, um <laughs> got a wild name. That's my dude though. Shout out to Edwidge. You don't even uh, have to change his name. He's already a part of Wu Tang. Yo, <laughs> it's like the eleventh member. Perfect. <laughs> um, my boy Edwidge was um, was like, yo, son, you should write. Like, yo, it's cool, son. It's like it's mad fun. So I was like. Whatever, I'll give it a try. Um, my cousin, same cousin that <laughs> introduced me to hip hop. Um, the gateway cousin, Jonathan. The gateway cousin, yep. <laughs> with Wu Tang. Yo, man, with <laughs> Wu Tang. It was mostly with, with, you know, with Jay. That was his dude, Jay. And then my, my other cousin, Joseph, used to listen to a lot of M. So I, 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 you know, I was, I had a lot of M in, 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 uh, in my system from back then. Also, um, scared the parents. Story. My mom found one of my angry rhymes once. It was bad, but <laughs> therapeutic for you, scary for them. Oh yeah, my mom came into my room and like I would like write my rhymes and on like loose leaf and I would fold them up, put them in my pockets and I guess my mom's doing laundry and she pulled it out and she came into my room and she was like, "Is this yours?" And I was just like, Ugh. "I thought I was gonna get whooped." And she just like, she was like crying. <laughs> she like really feels this way, yo. And she just closed the door, and I know she like locked herself in the bathroom for like an hour. And I was just like, oh man, I feel bad. <laughs> but um, so um, yeah, my cousin John, he was um, he was uh, he was rapping also. Um, he and some of the dudes from uh, from the church, they they had they had a group um called. I don't know if it was Watchmen yet. I know it was drawn. It was it was like a, a group called Draw Nigh, and then you know they kind of evolved into a group called the Watchmen. Um, but uh, so my cousin was doing that. Um, so you know I started writing, and then you know, I started showing my cousin my raps, and he always told me they're whack. They probably were actually. I remember for a fact that they were. Um, but so I started writing, and uh, anybody who starts rhyming, oh yeah, it's like it's always like. It's harder than what you think it is. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 as an experiment, me and my boy Ben, shout out to you, Ben. We're like, let's just find a beat that we like and see if we like something. Literally about two, three weeks. Yeah. I have no aspirations to do what you do <laughs> or at rap. But I'm like, listen, I want to see how hard it is. Because in my mind, I go, I can do this. Um, no. Um, I can't do it. Um, and I actually don't know how people deliver it like Kendrick or M mm -hmm. or, or I'm like no I, I could probably pass as a trap rapper uh, I could do that um, but in terms of like really lyrically mm -hmm. dense stuff and I'm a dense dude yeah anybody knows me I'm pretty dense yeah in terms of my thinking and I'm, I'm not I'm well read 
I well experienced. But man, I cannot put it down. Yeah. I try. Yeah. I, it's embarrassing. And maybe one day I'll put it on the on the on the podcast just to spoof myself a little yeah. bit. But it's embarrassing. Man, I'd love to hear that. Oh no. <laughs> no, I mean I, I did enjoy I love, the I love process though. I love the process though. The yeah. process and it was very therapeutic because I was writing a I didn't realize how much I was writing about what I actually felt. Yeah. In my whole time, I'm thinking I'm protecting this other person mm-hmm. who wasn't. That well, you, it was all me. That's the beauty of writing for me. It, it became, you know, once I started doing it and I started enjoying it, it became, um, it became therapeutic. It became how, you know, just like get my feelings out. Cause you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not the most comfortable um, talking to people about stuff that I'm feeling. There's a couple of people. That I know I can talk to, and they're not gonna try to lecture me or give me any like advice. You know, sometimes you know I just wanna you just know, get it unleash. Out. And uh, I know there's a couple people I can do that with, but most of the time it ends up getting written down in ways that I guess I was just told the other day that are too hard for people to understand. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> well, cause no one, no one understands the complexity of your mind like you, and how you got to that thought, to that feeling is, exactly. is not so cut and dry like it would be for everybody else. I know I, I just tell people I'm the most simple, complicated person because I'm so simple in the way I live my life. Mm-hmm. But how I got to that simplicity is a very complicated. Yeah, and that's how I describe Um, but you know, when I went to the show and I saw your energy, um, what struck me was the amount of sincerity that you had. Um, and that's one of the things that's very unique in hip hop is that the more sincere and authentic you are, the more recognition you'll get. It's kind of like you need to have this authenticity uh, to really be considered great and moving. I, I don't, I don't recall any other genre of music to really have like. You could be a, a cartoon character somewhere yeah. else, or just play an image in pop music or whatever, and it's okay. It's, it's entertainment, but a hip hop, you cannot go too far if you're not a genuine, sincere person, and you're not, and you don't, and you're not that, you're not a character or portraying something. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are good at that, um, but I think at the end, the long, long run, yeah. People need to feel like what you're saying and who you project yourself to be is really who you are. Yeah. And that's what makes hip hop, for me, really special. One of the easiest things to spot is fake. <laughs> yeah. Right? You can always tell when someone's being, you know, pseudo intellectual or someone's trying to be fake deep or just someone's trying to be fake Christian. You know, you can always tell when something's forced, and that's one thing. Like, I don't, especially now, like, I don't try to sound like a Christian artist. It's just, I'm a Christian, I'm an artist. So, you know, as just as people in general, everything we say or do is said and done through the prism of our belief system. Correct. So I'm a Christian artist, so everything that I say and everything that I do is done through the belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and, you know, the it, one it, true, the, it, who I believe is the one true God. It's there. Martin Fern said something like that before. He's like, um, when you hear us, you're going you're gonna to know the Christian because everything is through that lens mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you can't get turned up or whatever it's still within the realm exactly. of my eyes is towards the heavens you know and, exactly. and, and show Barack is more edgy yep. when he was on the show he's like I don't do it that way I'm just very edgy and when you hear it you hear that but you also hear my radical black and propaganda you hear that um, that other part of those other subcultures that they belong to all merged in. Oh yeah, the, um, the, the faith went crazy when when Jim Crow came out. Oh <laughs> for Show Baraka. Oh, that was. 
I love and I love that song. They're gonna but keep kicking like, him out of. It was uh, like he said the N word. He said the B word. Forget yeah. it. Like like okay, let's we're just gonna drop all the context. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not for everyone. Um, but I would encourage everyone to listen to Show Baraka. Um, Show. I haven't gotten. I'm slacking on his last album, but I gotta get on. I that. was gonna reach out to you in April because Show Baraka did a show in Brooklyn mm-hmm. over at the. Right there, and um, that's a special place for me because that's where I got baptized. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, man, I'm meeting. I'm gonna meet with Show. Okay, I met with Show. I hang out with Show. And I'm like, I want him to come for you because, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, just, I just felt you were in my head somewhere. Yeah. Like, so he should be here to network and just be a part of this. Because I know eventually, like, this is kind of the direction you want to go into. It'll be good for to see other people and connect mm-hmm. with other artists and outside of the realm because I know that's what's hard. Like, yeah. how do you get there? So, saying that, where is your like? What are the next steps? What are, what are, could people who are listening to this look forward to in terms of project? I know you, I know you got songs out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have like a complete, fully thought out and presented package of an album or EP. Like, what is next for you? Because I'm I'm excited. I've got singles. I've heard it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about I'm, where your creative energy is in putting out something that a little more me than I don't. I don't have anything out, um, any projects out just yet. But I'm working on. I'm working on a few, but I'm working on a, almost done with a, my solo project. Um, it's gonna be called, and I'll just I'll just put the name out there now. Maybe if I put it out there, I'll get some pressure to finish it. Oh, exclusive, <laughs> exclusive, so exclusive. Um, so it's called a study in contrast. Um, so the idea of it, at least you know when I was first kind of putting it together, and it um the the concept was um. You know, looking at, I actually, the original name was New Genesis, a study in contrast. I dropped the New Genesis because it was just too long. Um, <laughs> but basically, the idea was, you know, looking at life back in, in biblical times, Old and New Testament, and then looking at how life is now and, you know, what, you know, how did, how did, how can we compare and contrast life then and life now, struggles, hardships, joys, and excitement, and all of that. And so that was kind of just where I took it from. It didn't, it kind of stood like that way, mostly, but it, you know, I don't ever try to keep myself to something. Into a box, yeah. Into a box, so I just, exactly, I let things go where they go. And it, you know, it it kind of roughly stood around there. Um, Actually, as a matter of fact, the the first song (laughs) I think is probably the most, um, most relevant in terms of that specific topic um but um yeah it's um um i got a couple of tracks that i gotta that i gotta lay down and then you know gotta get you know gotta get the mixing and mastering done and and all the good stuff i I always hear the same thing with every artist and you know conversation with andy and little things like yo when you gonna tell me when this album's gonna come out and he's like So I would imagine that a lot of it is like when you're in the groove, when you're in the pocket, you don't know when it's coming. But when you just gotta go to the go to your pad, don't fold it up in your pack. You know it's no more where mom can find it. Uh, <laughs> hit the studio and go and let your mind. Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. She brought that up recently too, and that was like from like years ago, and she brought it up recently. She's like, oh, you do it. Is this your hobby now? Uh, it was it was something, uh, I think it was like probably the weekend. It's 
Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, it was on Mother's Day. <laughs> it was on, it was on Sunday. Mothers bring up the darnest things on Mother's and, Day. And it's funny because, like, after that day when she initially found out, like, she never, like, spoke about it again to me. Like, I've never, I never heard of it. And, um, I forgot what, like, you know, we, we, we like to joke a lot, um, where, you know, whenever someone starts, uh, someone in my family starts getting a little bit, like, I guess, excited or, like, aggravated, uh, Someone will just shout out, "Stop cursing at me!" <laughs> so I forgot who who said that to me, but I um I looked at I think it was my dad and I looked at him and said, "You've never heard me curse," and I looked at my mom and I said, "I think you might have." <laughs> um, Can you please have, confirm? I used to have a real foul mouth. Um uh, and my mom and I looked at my mom and said, "I think you I think you might have." And my mom looked at me and said, "No, but I definitely read it." It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's ball shade tree. I was like, oh Coming my with god, the shade. I thought you forgot about that. <laughs> She's gonna bring it up again, by the way. Oh, of course. They, they don't forget. My mom never forgets anything oh, I ever did. Probably. She only kisses me on the right side of my face because I have my tattoos on. Um, so she doesn't even make me acknowledge that side of my body. It's only the right. That's grimy. You're half a person. That's grimy. I get half a hug all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I feel so incomplete around her. Your mom gives you the uh, the, the youth ministry boys and girls oh, hug? Oh, my mom is... Uh, is the is, side hug? Because, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, my family's a very deeply religious family. I mean, my older brother is a pastor over in Antioch Church. Mm-hmm. And my mom's a, a pastor in Nicaragua. So it's like, I can't escape it even if mm-hmm. I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the Lord's always watching anyway. I, I like to say I'm a struggling Christian, because um, that's Aren't the truth. We all, man? I know. I know. Shows tell me the same thing. Go, nah, bro. You don't understand. It's like it's, I struggle. Like, dude, I struggle. Um, one of the things that we started doing the Crush a Lot podcast is a little challenge. Um, so I'm gonna challenge you. And I didn't prep you for this because I didn't want to. Oh man. I want to put it out there. I, I'm already losing older one, older one. Um, with my guests. So shout out to Sir Loveday from the Straight Shooter podcast who who is the champ right now. Um, one of my favorite albums in terms of entertainment value and absurdity is the first ODB album, um, Return to the Dirt Six Chambers. I don't know if you ever heard it. Um, for the sake of entertainment, you should definitely listen to it and you will laugh that this stuff is on record. It's, a, it's absurd and obscene and it's, it's glorious. And one of, the, one of the things that he does uh, probably halfway through the record is uh, you know when we were younger yeah. we would try to see who could uh, make that noise at the back of your throat the longest. Uh, 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 have you ever tried to do that? To yeah. see who was the longest? <laughs> I saw Old Dirty did that right in the album. So, so in tribute Old Dirty I challenge all our guests to see who oh, man. <laughs> could last the longest. Now Luckily for me, I'm pretty good at dumb stuff like this. I love dumb stuff like this. <laughs> this is the absurdity of old dirty. Um, so if you're new to the podcast, thank you for listening to the show. You can look at you. Look at you with a sneaky rhyme. I know. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Pod, Bean, Beanbot, one of those two. Um, Stitcher Radio. Um, and if you want to be on the show, you're always welcome to come on the show. And if you use that written to me, I promise I'll get back to you. Um, crush it out podcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on twitter crush a lot cheese or snapchat all that good stuff Cali West is not really on social because she don't want nobody stalking her but you can stalk me smart um she's smart i'm done but we gotta be out there you know so are you ready i'm trying to go one and one 
Uh, I'm, I'm on this throne. He's drinking water. I'm going to drink some mountain. Shout out to that Dragon Ball Z shirt you have right on. Yo, love it, man. It's a show that got me into anime. Shout out to B. Renice. Listen. <clears throat> you ready? This is how we go. We're going to just go. You go as long as you can. And as soon as someone breaks, that's, that's over. Are we doing this at the same time? We're doing it at the same time. Oh, okay. At the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. Ah, 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 I was struggling right oh there. My. I was just like, oh, you know, break my asthma pump. <laughs> I need my asthma pump. <laughs> it took me a minute to get it. I took a couple, a couple seconds to get it out because yeah, it was it just out. like, yeah, I need a little oh, more water. Um, I will be remiss if I don't ask you. Um, I'm going to timestamp this a little. It is May 17th, so whenever this episode drops, I want you to think about May 17th, but the day before, May 15th was a very important day. I don't know if you know how important it was by me saying that, but you will know once I say this. How did the Knicks get the eighth? Because I know you're a big man. If you follow Tim on social media, he's ranting on those Knicks. He's not a happy guys, camper. Guys, he's a die-hard Knicks fan, but I had to bring it up. If you follow me on social media, um, Tim Barretta. and you follow me for the music, it, um, I'm sorry for all of the angry Knicks tweets and the angry Mets tweets and the random anime tweets. Down with Phil. Listen, they 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 dropped to the eighth pick because it because Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, because of Knicks, but not as bad as Nets. Oh, listen, because Boston got that number one. Listen, and like, man. Wow. The Nets are, they don't, they're not real. <laughs> All right, they, they, they're, you know, they're. They're not they're even still, in the league. They're still the New Jersey Nets, man. Yeah. I don't, and like, you know, when they moved into to Brooklyn, into Barclays, it's funny because everyone was like, suddenly like, oh yeah, Nets, Brooklyn has a team from Brooklyn. I was like, yeah. oh, so Brooklyn is just going to accept the Nets because they moved I from Jersey? Did. I never did. Like, it never made sense hey, to me. It's now, just like. You could be a, Net, a, a Nets fan if you want. I just want to know where you put all those displaced residents you moved out the way to get your little stadium. But uh, man, well, I don't want to talk about that. I'm opening a can of worms. Man, let me tell you. Whatever. Man. Down with the Brooklyn Nets. And I live like 20 minutes away from the Barclays. I'd rather see you. All I know is Barclays lose. made my life more difficult getting to and from downtown Brooklyn. <laughs> Facts of life. Because now so, you know, every year uh, they take another lane on Atlantic Avenue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I Just crossing the street is trap i'd rather go on the subway um next season are you optimistic for this year coming up because it's already looking like look it's gonna be more of <laughs> this chaos my next optimism has been uh burnt to the ground several times over so what i'm optimistic about if i can even say optimistic what i'm looking forward to is just which what it looks like phil is finally trying to do is just to rebuild the right way right through the draft. Play the young guys through the draft. We know we're not going to get top free agents because, you know what, we were already having issues getting top free agents. And then, you know, all the stuff between Phil and Carmelo come, came out public, so it's going to be even tougher now. So 
And nothing's really going to happen until something happens with Carmelo. Exactly. Either he retires or he moves and frees up that money. And exactly. I, I mean, I don't want to pigeonhole the dude. Um, I never, th- I never liked the trade. I never liked him as a player. And I know people will hate me when I say this. I'm like, he's not a winner. Meaning, he, could, he won in college, great. He won Olympics, but my dude don't have a winner mentality. In my estimation, he doesn't make people better. Mm. And that's, I feel, is important that the Knicks got to do. And I feel like he's mentally soft. And that the one time they did get to the playoffs and they were, and I was excited, they got destroyed by Cleveland. And I'm like, they just mentally broke down. This is when they had um, JR. Oh, that was, um, when he no, just that, got was, that was Indiana. It was Indiana. It was Indiana. That was Indiana. I, and I, I, I won't blame Melo for that. No, no, just no. Just because. The whole team fell apart. Tyson Chandler went missing. Gallo. I don't know where he what happened to him. Gallo was already gone because he was he was he in was the in trade. De- yeah, he, he was, was in Denver already. Yeah, he was in Denver. He was part of that mellow trade. But um, Felton Spencer was there. No, not Fel- Felton. Raymond, Raymond Felton was there. Was yeah, there. Raymond Felton was there. I don't know what he was doing. Jason um, Kidd, you know, that was right before. Check. What's his name? Max. Oh, name? oh, um, 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 Steve Novak. Yeah, um, couldn't get couldn't get free to to, to get a shot off, and Steve Novak wasn't you know. He wasn't the kind of guy that was going to move around and try to get open. He was just going to stand in the corner and wait for the pass. Yeah, that's his role. Um, I was excited about that Smith's team. issue, uh, it, uh, the big issue was J.R. Smith, right? Because he couldn't produce. Multiple things for multiple reasons. One, in the previous series against Boston, they had like they had the sweep like wrapped up. And then he does, he goes and he, he elbows Jason Terry for no reason. And then, you know, he's out partying with Rihanna. The scars are real. 3 o'clock in the morning. The scars and, are real. you know, you got Melo. Melo was playing with a, with a torn labrum that series. Yeah. Um, that, that's the whole playoffs, actually. Yeah. No, no, no. It happened. I think it happened in that first series against Boston. Um, and then he was he was playing through it in, um, against Indiana. But, man, that I was excited. At that point, I was like, okay, we're, we made it to the second round. Yeah. And then they mentally folded. Meaning they didn't show up. They didn't show like, up. Jason I, Kidd was really done yeah, at the end of the screen. He, he couldn't really hit a done, shot. I just walked away and I said, they really believe their own hype. They forgot that they needed to earn this. Yeah. And that. And since then, I've been sour about the whole organization. They are, been out, they are out partying with Rihanna. They didn't do the work. And they still haven't and, done yeah. the work. And nah. so there's some now, things that point, I like that they're visibly. doing, but... Man, I'm a big Phil guy. I'm a big Chicago guy. That's where I grew up in. I, I'm. It's just a debacle. Yeah. Now my suggestion is get rid of Kaka. get rid of everybody. <laughs> I really want their coach to be uh, Kevin Ali. Mm, that's he, interesting. He's in the college. Yeah. Uh, he's doing great things down there. He's still I just, with um, I think with the Huskies. I think so. UConn, yeah. He's doing great. I think he's a great match for the Knicks in terms of rebuilding, getting young players, relatable. I mean, honestly, and get off the damn triangle. Honestly, look, here's the thing about the triangle, right? Everyone, Do the and especially because of because of the media, because of you know the way the media, like literally from the day that Phil was introduced, the media's been talking about the triangle. They talk about the triangle more than anyone else does, and solely just because it's called the triangle, I think because. It, when they ran triangle during the season, they got good looks. They got open looks and they got good shots. The problem is defense on the oh, team. Oh, yeah. No hustle. So, you know, they I think they averaged like 105 points a game last season, wow. and they just couldn't stop anybody. Well, 
there was a lot of Knicks fans early, and we're going to wrap it up here. A lot of Knicks fans early that were excited. Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, mm-hmm. Brandon Jennings, Courtney Lee. You got the unicorn, of course. Porzingis. And Getting a little just, bit too big for his britches now. Yeah, he's, he <laughs> likes to slide into models' DMs. He got to get his life together. Um, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I think she slid back, though. <laughs> yeah, well, money does that. Yeah, um, exactly. So that dude looks like a doofus. <laughs> I love KP. I just don't like his, his little tantrum he's been throwing lately. Yeah, I, I think it's a power move to probably get out of there. But it, that was exciting. But I was never optimistic of it because you're talking about. For me, it was just wet cardboard. People who break down easily, and that's exactly what happened. Jennings wasn't effective. He wasn't effective in the playoffs. Yeah. He did nothing for, yeah, Washington. for Washington. He was terrible. It was horrible. Um, Courtney Lee's kind of got lost in the mix. Yeah, Courtney Lee. He, Courtney Lee is one of those guys where he's really, you notice his impact on a on a good team, right? Because yeah. the things the things that he does aren't really going to put you over the top for a team like the Knicks. But, I mean, you put Courtney Lee on, on any playoff team, and his, you could, yeah. you, you'll you get his impact. You'll feel his impact yeah. because he's he's a he's a good defender, and he's a knockdown shooter from three. Yep. And he can do a little bit, you know, he can do a little bit off the dribble, get into the hole. Yeah, man. So I look forward to the debacle of the next season of the Knicks, and ho- hopefully it will be as entertaining as it was this year with all the debacles uh shout out to you for coming on the show on this hot day you can where can you find your music where can people purchase your music i said purchase not stream i said purchase purchase <laughs> so give the man some money um yeah please give me some money um <laughs> um so you can find me on uh twitter and instagram at tim underscore barreto that's b-a-r-r-e-t-o you can find my latest uh, my latest song, Carrie, featuring my boy Jay. Um, you can find that at timbarettomusic.com. That's, again, my last name is B-A-R-R-E-T-O. Uh, and you can find me on SoundCloud at Tim Barretto. And I got some real old tracks on, on SoundCloud, so don't judge me. Yeah, go out there and listen to it. Follow the progression. I love to get artists early and just follow them. So I definitely got my eye on you. And crush a lot of Pluvio. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a comment on your iTunes. That helps us a lot. Get us in the ranks. We're almost there. Or maybe by the time this drops, we will be there. Thank you for everyone who's listening. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, uh, Podbean, all that good stuff. All them things. Yeah, shout out to everybody who's been... Um, supporting the show and as always if you leave a comment on the show while supplies last we're going to be throwing you some hunter green crush alive t-shirts your way is that the one you yeah, yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah. shirt is fresh fresh it's not like as fresh as your dragon ball z but these are mine's are limited um freshly pressed uh all right guys be safe out there stay hydrated and we'll catch you on the next one